Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the Zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. Uh, having a damn good time as we celebrate the Packers taking down, yes, the undefeated, now defeated Arizona Cardinals, 24-21. to 21. What a game it was. So, Rowdy, as the, uh, as the Packers couldn't punch it in to the end zone to seal the game, which it looked like Aaron Jones did for a second, then if you get the camera angles, you and I both are in agreement, right? He was not in. He did not get into the end zone, Aaron Jones. Yes, 100%. And then there was miscommunication with Aaron Rodgers and Josiah DeGuara. Dude, that was one thing that that is just it's bugged I think a lot of Packer fans for a long time. Not this year, not just with Matt LaFleur, but even with uh, Mike McCarthy before him, is the running the freaking play clock down to one second and taking delay of games or burning timeouts seamlessly every effing game. Yeah, they, I mean, what did they burn all three timeouts in the third quarter? It's like, and I get some of the time. I I done? got I understood the one time where it was like you could tell a lot of the new players that were in the game were very confused at what was going on and didn't know where to line up. But that's one time. Yeah. It literally happened out of, after first downs. It happened out of oh my god, it drives so, you nuts. Yeah, they took the delay a game right because of Degora didn't know where the hell to go. So Rogers took the penalty, and then they come back out for the next play right. And then DeGuara doesn't know where the hell to go again. He's like, well, what's going on? All right, Lit Bucky on – our guy Lit Bucky. I love you, my brother. I love you, Lit Bucky, on Twitch.tv here. He is. He keeps telling me, Rowdy, that Aaron Jones was definitely in the end zone for the dagger. Well, I think Lit Bucky might have had uh, some money on uh, Aaron Jones scoring a touchdown. Or that, and also he might have also been Lit. He is maybe uh, seeing some blurriness because his name is Lit Bucky. Maybe he had a couple uh, – he's lit up a little too much. Listen – I would even the cheesehead in me knew he wasn't in. He wasn't in, but it made the game more interesting and it made Rasul Douglas the hero. So, was there ever a point when the Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals were like hitting these crazy big plays? You had the prevent defense. It was like Joe Barry was there calling the plays all of a sudden uh, when he was went defeated with the Detroit Lions in the late two thousands. Did you feel like the Cardinals were going to win that game? Or at least tie it. Yeah, basically, right before Rasul Douglas intercepted that football, yeah, it, it just seemed like everything was going for Arizona to score a touchdown with about no time left. And then Rasul Douglas, man, what a, what an interception! What a boneheaded play from AJ Green too. Uh, let's go I to the. F- I still don't understand what he was doing. Everyone else was like very. Very firm on this was a pass. Like everyone else was running <laughs> no, routes looking for it, except for AJ Dil- or AJ Dillon, AJ Green, the guy that was split out right, had one on one coverage and ran out like he was like blocking. It hurts the mind if you're a Cardinals fan. Uh, line one, welcome to the show. Who is this? Let's play golf sometime, all of us. You got it, buddy. Let me toss you and hold. We'll figure that out. All right. So, Rowdy, how about this? Uh, I want to read a couple stats out that uh, are pretty crazy. So, Matt Lafleur. The Packers, obviously, head coach. Outside of his mind-numbing red zone offense, which Aaron Rodgers got a shoulder a little bit of that as well, but Matt LaFleur, outside of his mind-numbing red zone offense, what a game plan and what a just attack that LaFleur had. I mean, I gotta, you got to give – we got to give that guy credit for what he was able to accomplish against – and you said this yesterday. I'll take Matt LaFleur in a heartbeat over Cliff Kingsbury, right? Matt LaFleur showed everyone last night of how he is definitely a damn good coach in the NFL. In fact, check out the stat uh, inside the numbers here, 33-7. and seven. That is Matt LaFleur's record as Green Bay's coach, 33-7. and seven. That is the most wins by any coach through his first 40 games in NFL history. What is Matt LaFleur, Rowdy? I think Matt LaFleur is a pretty good head NFL coach, right? Or is this a product of Aaron Rodgers? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's a good NFL head coach, no doubt about it. But it also helps when you have Aaron Rodgers playing at the level he has the last two-plus years, right? Yeah. 
Oh, no I mean, he, he won an MVP last year. He had a really good, efficient season in 2019. And this year, you know, they were already talking about Aaron Rodgers. If he had a good game going into this game, he could be right in there for MVP again this year. Yep. Now, that obviously helps and goes really far in the NFL when you have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, if not the best quarterback. <laughs> that goes a long way. But, yes, LaFleur scheming, play calling, everything was on point for the personnel that they had last night, except for when they got to like the three yard line. <laughs> but the, it's like, you're, you're literally like a half a yard. You could, you could just, just toss especially, the ball over the plane. And especially you scored. with how the green Bay Packers were running the football, like that entire yeah. game, AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones, both were rumbling, obviously pushing for extra yards, always falling forward. Like they were getting pushes and those guys were running hard. Yeah. They might've got stuffed a time or two when they got down there, but man, there were a few times where you got down to the one yard line and you didn't even try and run the football. You drafted AJ Dillon in the second round. He's 250 pounds. His quads are like the size of Nelson and I combined. Like the, the dude is meant to punish. Speaking of punishing uh, Aaron Jones's touchdown. That dude was like the little engine that could rowdy chugga 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 choo choo. He did not stop. Those legs kept moving. Aaron Jones is a beast. Aaron Jones freaking rules. And I know last Saturday when the when the Wisconsin Badgers got to the one yard line and it was first and goal, and you go, in what world could the Wisconsin Badgers, the team that is known for their offensive linemen, known for their running backs, not be able to punch a football in from first and goal from the one-yard line against Purdue, which is also a team that is known as more of a pass-happy, lesser defense, lesser physical team in the Big Ten. They couldn't do it against Purdue. We watched the Packers literally pull a Wisconsin Badger. I know. It's like, what are you doing? You're AJ Dillon. How in less than a week span could we watch not only our Badgers, but our Packers do it not once, but like twice and almost three times. It's almost maddening. Hey, toddy. It's a hottie toddy. Let's go for a hottie toddy. Sounds good right now. A little victory hottie toddy. You're getting a little colder, right? Football weather. Yeah, do it. Come on, Todd. Go, Todd. Turn it on and rip the knob off. Unbelievable, dude. What a freaking game. Oh, my God. Crazy. How about this, boys? The Packers were without 11 starters last night. Missing their wide receiver one, their wide receiver two, their wide receiver three, their tight end one, their cornerback one, their cornerback two, their linebacker one, their linebacker two, and three offensive linemen. They beat the undefeated Arizona Cardinals on short rest Thursday night football and got it done at State Farm Stadium, now tabbed Lambeau West. Unbelievable. Todd. Hey, why not? Rasul Douglas. Wow. RJ, I don't know if you heard it at the in the six o'clock first segment we had. He was talking about like his celebration that he had. It was yeah. pretty funny. Uh sorry. Oops, sorry, Todd. Let me just I don't want to pause you, Todd, but I don't have to there. Uh Rasul <laughs> Douglas. It was uh, I I like this guy. I like I like him a lot. He was talking about what happened uh, after he picked off Kyler Murray with 12 seconds left. I don't know what A.J. Green was doing. Rowdy, do you know what A.J. Green was doing? <laughs> Not sure what was going on. He, it looked like he was attempting to stock block. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Here is, uh, here is Rasul Douglas. It would be an emotional day for him. That was probably the first time I like won a game like that. So it was like it was like a shocking feeling like, oh, snap. Like We just won off that play, you know? I was like kind of in the surprise. And then I just surprised. see Stokes and them running down, like, you just said you was going to get a pig. And I was like, word. And it just came to life. Word. <laughs> I was like, oh, snap. I love that. I was like, oh, word. He, he, he like tipped it, caught it. Yeah. And then took as many steps in possible. Just to make sure. Possible. And then runs to, uh, you know, the uh, the front row right there of the. Of the stands. And my favorite person was the Cardinals fan who was so dejected. He looked like a dead body hanging over <laughs> hanging over the wall. I was like, that guy's funny. 
Um, <laughs> you gotta love those people in the stands too. Like where they just look so, like so deflated, and and then I mean it beats the. Oh, okay. I just let's talk about this. Out. Let's actually let's talk <laughs> yeah, about yeah, this for go, a second. Yeah, You're talking about all the funny, hilarious fans because that guy was perfect. Then you have the other guy in the background, just like. Really? He's holding, the, he's holding the beer. He's like, this is what happened? Like stone face. Like what? I think this just goes back to you got to love when you pan the audience in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Always so, some people are taking out their hundreds when they have like 1200 bucks yeah, at the Bucks game. The Bucks game Others are loser. flopping over after they lose. I mean. It's what so a funny. scene in Phoenix. I'm, I'm looking here. There's one guy wearing a Packer jersey, leaning over, looking for a high five. There's two uh, Packer fan ladies who just look like, like the Beatles just arrived, and they're like screaming, want to throw their bra and panties yeah. at him. Then there's a Cardinals fan who looks like he's going to like off himself. One guy's dejected holding the beer. Then there's another Cardinals fan with a picture taking, taking photos of Rasul Douglas. And then there's some other Packer fans in the back just losing their minds. And then there's one guy in the back right who looks stone-faced, like he's going to go like, sit in his car and scream when he gets by himself. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, Rasul Douglas talking more about how it was an emotional day for him. I was probably the first time I like won a game. Oop, like, wrong one. I was probably the first time I like won a game like that. So it was like it was like a shocking feeling. Like- well, it's the same clip. My apologies. Well, my apologies. He says, how wild was a team celebration after the interception, though? Yeah, it was loud, man. That's that's the team. You know, we all a family. That's how we feel about each other. Um, we're close. So it's just a brotherhood here. So once I got in the locker room, everybody was just waiting for me, jumping up on me, just having fun. That's what's great about this team. I mean, after the game, Aaron Rodgers was talking to Aaron Andrews. And um, I do believe I have that. Aaron Rodgers said some good things about the Green Bay Packers while discussing it with Aaron Andrews. In fact, if I could find it, here you go right here. Hey, we had a shot of you just, and I was watching you, walking up and down this sideline. How hard was it to stand there and watch your defense and then watch Kyler Murray trying to lead his offense down the field? Yeah, that's tough, especially what happened down there in the end zone. Um, yeah. Sounds like Rodgers was screaming a lot right there on those voice. But this is why I love this squad. The guy that made the pick was with them for four weeks. Uh, he was on the street. We brought him in. He's that's starting great. for us. Uh, he's a great, a great dude. And he's, he's, he's really messed well with our team. And to come up with a play like that with 15 seconds left is incredible. Yeah. Right, so I'm going to pause right there quick. Um, this team, with all the injuries, hell, we were just talking about RJ was counting it off too, 11 starters out last night to find the likes of a Devondre Campbell, a Rasul Douglas, you called Jawan Winfrey up who made some timely catches, Jalen Smith, and jury's still kind of out on him, um, Whitney Merciless now on the team. Rowdy, RJ, Rowdy, does Ted Thompson make these moves? Probably not no. because I mean, especially his last know. four or five years, he didn't really add too many well, key players. I agree, and off to the great draft into the sky, R.I.P. But let me ask you this question: Does Brian Gutekunst make these moves if Aaron Rodgers this off season doesn't kind of say, "Hey, here's my hand. This is what I want done, and if you don't like it, I'm going to either force a trade or I'm going to retire or I'm going to sit out." See, I'll give some of the credit to Aaron Rodgers because he was the one that was definitely kind of like forcing the, "Hey, I want some veteran guys." But I'm not going to give all the credit to Aaron Rodgers. No, I, no. I, I think for sure when you look at like the Rasul Douglases and and before you know Quentin Dunbar, who was also another guy that they picked up and then have since released. Well, and Rodgers and Randall be, Cobb. Yeah, those were like out of needs. Like Brian Gutekunst had to go grab a body mm-hmm. because they just didn't have bodies when all the corners started getting hurt. Yep. Now, is it a little different? Like, do you think they would have went and got? Uh, Merciless, or? merciless, or some of the other players without Aaron Rodgers kind of putting the pedal to the metal, saying I want good veterans or I want guys that have played some really good snaps in the past. Because I mean, you look around, their defensive line has played relatively well. Yeah, it's not like they necessarily needed him, but I mean, adding merciless only gives you more depth. It gives you veteran leadership, and I mean, he's played some big snaps the last couple of weeks. Not that he's necessarily been a difference in the game, but he's given you good snaps. RJ, what do you think? Uh, you know, I'm not giving Aaron Rodgers all the credit, but I honestly think that if he doesn't have as what we tab the kind of like a temper tantrum, look at me, you know, I, I should be you know in charge of the team. Remember, we went through the, all the emotions of the offseason when he's in Hawaii, not showing up for practice. Everyone's pissed at him. 
I don't know if Brian Gutekunst, no, to Rowdy's point, yeah, he's going to make some of these moves out of necessity, but I don't know if Brian Gutekunst does all this stuff if it's not for Rodgers being like, hey, man, let's go. What do you think? Yeah, there's probably definitely a little bit of a pressure on management to be making moves when a guy is publicly saying you need to. <laughs> like calling you out like, um, all the time. And, yeah, you needed a, a guy much like uh, Randall Cobb, even though everybody says— Two toddies last night. Well, look, you drafted a guy like Randall Cobb. Yeah. But he's, yet, he's not Randall Cobb right now. Right. But there also wasn't time to work on becoming yeah. Randall Cobb True. when uh, Rodgers doesn't show up. Um, also a good point. So, yeah, if, if your franchise quarterback— wants certain players, you go get them for him. And that's something that Rodgers never really had until this year. Um, right. You know, Tom Brady got stuff like that. You know, the other players getting stuff like that. And then in the draft, um, when all the news came out about Rodgers and maybe a potential trade with the Niners, a bunch of other um, GMs and coaches were saying, like, yeah, like, we listened to our quarterback. I know Bruce Arians had said that about Brady. I, I and, mean, in, in the Packers' history, they don't do that. Yeah. I mean, look at – I mean, Brett Favre. And Randy Moss straight up both said publicly, we want him to be in Green Bay. Yep. Randy Moss said he wanted to come to Green Bay. Favre's go get him. Favre said, go get him for me. And that was also what some people said the back and forth with retirement with Brett Favre was over the Randy Moss, well, Moss decision. RJ, to your point, okay. look at I, Mar- I understand it. Look at no, Marshawn Lynch. That's what Lynch. I'm saying. Oh, he's, he's agreeing like, with you. Marshawn, oh. Mar- yeah. He's agreeing with you. Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, yeah, I get it. He was just helping your story out. Marshawn Lynch told and went up to Aaron Rodgers and said, tell Ted to come get me. Yeah. And what did Ted do? He allowed earthquakes to happen in Seattle. <laughs> that or he's like, he's like, well, I, I found this Division Two guy uh, that I was watching tape of. He could he could be good. <laughs> and then he never got him. Uh, so, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, he's, he's loving. You can tell from what he says, his body language, just how he's acting. He's vibing hard this season. Yeah, and, and then look look at some of the players that you, you mentioned that they've picked up. I mean, you just we just talked about Merciless. Yeah, he's given them good snaps. Obviously, it's veteran leadership. He's a guy that's played some big-time snaps. Mm-hmm. You look at Rasul Douglas, who somehow was on a practice squad. Like, that was a guy, like, he even said it in some of the clips we played earlier. That was a guy that he's a main roster guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he found himself on a practice squad going, what the hell am I supposed to do? Well, what do you like? Clip? A, yeah, he, he said like uh, he almost I feel felt like, like doing was, nothing. Yeah, he almost felt like he was wasting time. Like he didn't know what he was doing. Well, those are some guys there. We talked about Devondre Campbell being a, a street free agent and being available is is just wild from where we were at. Man, probably two weeks before the season started, we were talking about how. Chris Barnes had played pretty well as an undrafted free agent the year before, and they had just cut Kamal Martin. Mm-hmm. And that was a guy that at times showed flashes in his rookie year, but couldn't stay healthy and didn't necessarily have the sideline to sideline speed that you were necessarily looking for. And remember, the, the Packers have kind of been searching for a solid inside backer for a long time. And yep. I'm not I'm not talking about like Blake Martinez, who was nice and serviceable, but obviously got overpaid to go to New York. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the all time, you know, tackler in AJ Hawk, who, you know, he was a solid player, but he wasn't running sideline to sideline. Like you gotta go back to like what, a year or two of like Desmond Bishop? <laughs> or even or I'm serious. Yeah. And even before that, maybe Nick Barnett. Yeah. Like that's a long time ago. That's like Who fifteen years. Happened to be ago. one of those injuries that Rogers exactly. was talking about in twenty ten. Yeah, totally. Like you go you go back, you go back and like you said, Desmond Bishop, that was over 10, 11 years ago, and he was a short lived because of all the injuries. You have to go back almost fifteen years to get to Nick Barnett. Yeah. Like they've been looking for a good inside linebacker for a long time, and it looks like they found one of Andre Campbell. He's a street for, free agent. Exa- and he can run sideline to sideline. Which line. is insane. How about how about some of the tackles that he made where he sacked uh Kyler Murray, where it's like normally you watch a Packers team in the past and they would get pressure like that, and they're missing a play on a shifty quick yeah. Kyler Murray. Or they're just grabbing no. his face mask and twirling yeah, his head around he, like Rashawn Gary. He he dropped <laughs> Kyler Murray you, multiple times in yeah. the open field. And it's not even that, but it's like, okay, you look at Rashawn, uh, Rash- you look at Douglas, Rasul Douglas. You look at. Led the team that, in tackles last night. That guy. He's a monster. If you look at a healthy Green Bay roster, you have Jair Alexander, 
who is one of the top three corners in the league. Mm -hmm. You had Kevin King, who was a serviceable number two last year when healthy. You add Eric Stokes, who I know he was dealing with hamstring issues, but DeAndre Hopkins, outside of that one big play where Stokes let up for about half a second, Mm -hmm. which is what got uh, Hopkins open. Yep. Hopkins didn't do a whole lot. And hey, two I know catches. He, I know he had hamstring issues. Two catches. But Eric Stokes has done more good than bad this year Correct. as a guy that's basically been thrusted into the number one corner position in the NFL and hasn't even played yep. eight games yet. It's been <laughs> incredible. Sorry, he's only played eight games. Yeah, it's been incredible. And then on top of that, those are supposed to be your top three. Chandon Sullivan was a guy that was your nickel last year, and obviously he, he kind of got picked on with Kevin King against Tampa. Rasul Douglas was expected to be like your number five. Yeah, he was yeah. like he was like if we see this guy in the field, it's over. He now and then like, they signed where, where he is now like we're, a starter. We're done. That's yeah. it. Then they also signed Quentin Dunbar, who didn't work out. But those guys were expected to be your five, six, yeah. seven cor- corner. And now look all at of him. a sudden, he's now thrusted in that number two position. He's making plays that win game for you. He's playing really yeah. good football, and it's a lot of them. You have the yeah. interception, the steal, and obviously, and RJ did say he led the team in tackles as well at nine. Yeah. Uh, one more, I'm going to hear a little more from Rodgers here with Aaron Andrews after the game on NFL on five. Russell Douglas, unbelievable. We talked all game, and I told you yesterday how Kyler Murray looked up to you, was very excited about meeting you. I'm sure not under those circumstances. What did you tell him? I said I respect the way he plays. He's starting off with, a, you know, with some incredible uh, years he's putting together. He's so talented, arm talent. Obviously, he runs all over the place. Um, so we'll see you in the playoffs. You know, Kyler Murray is that new breed, the new era of quarterback. But here's the thing: the old guard ain't done yet. What if this is the like downfall? He won't. What if he doesn't? See well, he was hobbled playoffs? after the end of the game. No, I mean like oh, for yeah. the the Cardinals. What if he doesn't see them in the playoffs? Man, that would be crazy. Here's more from Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers. You also had a a one-liner that you always have them, but this was a great one. You told us yesterday, I like our chances because nobody is giving us any. The odds were stacked up against you. Short week, long travel without two huge offensive weapons. You have young guys you barely had any reps with. What the heck worked tonight for you? The running game, obviously. Yeah, we ran the ball well. We knew we could. It it was tough in the passing game at times, but Kabi came up with a couple Kobe. big touchdown catches. We had multiple chances down there to put the game away, and, you know, earlier in the game, uh, inside the, the 10, so that's disappointing, but we're kind of stuck on 24 right now, 24 points, okay. and our defense is playing good enough to get us the victories, but this is a scrappy team. This is a tough, physical, gritty team. I'm so proud of our guys. Uh, without our defensive coordinator, without yeah. MVS, the best receiver in the league, Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, our do-it-all guy. To have these guys come out and play the way they did, I'm so proud of them, so proud of the line. And to watch our defense finish out of the game like that on the road against a great football team, that's what it's all about. It's going to be a great freaking ride back to Green Bay. We're going to celebrate this, have a great weekend, and get back uh, after it next week. I feel like the past two years, the Packers don't win games like that. This year, they're winning the games. Well, the close ones. We uh, talked about it a little bit yesterday. In the big time matchups. When when Aaron Rodgers hasn't had Devontae Adams, they were undefeated. Still are. That's now 7-0, and never undefeated, never lost. And 6-2 uh, and two without Alan Lazard. But remember we were saying, like, this is where Aaron yeah. Rodgers doesn't just look at Devontae Adams and maybe force things or or play a little unstructured outside of the offense. He had to play structured within the offense. There were eight different players that caught balls yesterday from Aaron Rodgers and uh, Winfrey St. Brown, Amari Rodgers. I I mean, these are guys that, that haven't really had much targets this year. No, none. none. And all of a sudden now Winfrey Winfrey has four catches. DeGuara has two. St. Brown has two. Amari Rodgers even caught one. But how about the the fact that they even had four (laughs) different players that had technically had rushes. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers had one. But they got Amari Rodgers the football in like a a jet sweep type play. That play worked out nice, too. Exactly. A.J. Dillon and, and Aaron Jones were splitting carries. They were using them for the most part as, you know, Jones the fast guy, A.J. Dillon the hammer. Yep. Or how about this when you're talking about Matt LaFleur and scheming stuff? 
I know it wasn't completed because of a nice play by Isaiah Simmons, but how about them running that route with um, Jones coming out, running that almost like a fade down the sideline? And, I mean, it was there. Ball was there. He had it in his hands. Uh, Isaiah Simmons made a nice play knocking it out. They were splitting out uh, Aaron Jones. And how about splitting out AJ Dillon yeah, with right? Amari Rogers in in the I believe it was Amari Rogers in the slot. It could have been someone mm-hmm. else. I think it was. But, yeah, it was. Sorry if I'm forgetting who it was. No, I think you're. But right on they that. had him split out wide just to get that big body out there to block yeah. for like a little bubble type screen. Lafleur was yeah. got a They were using man. all different types of players and all different types <clears> of situations <throat> to put them in winnable yeah. matchups. And you know what? For the most part except for, like, the inside the three-yard line, they won. My man's even tweeting about the Green Bay Packers. Dave Esler in the house. David, good morning. Let me wait, let me, let me get off the phone with Peter for one second, and I'll be right with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we gotta, we gotta, we're talking about that coming up, actually, at uh, 7.50. Well, I, then, then I'm glad I could help. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I already know how Nelson feels, and I don't have to ask. Well, I mean, Dave, I I keep wanting to debut this segment called The World's Angriest Man, and it's Nelson's segment. But here's the thing. He's actually been a little chipper these past couple of months. It's been a breath of fresh air. It's been pretty nice. But, but Dave, he did message Uh me about PETA last night, and I said uh, I already had it saved. I saw it around 1 o'clock. Rowdy was watching me around, what was that, Rowdy, like 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock? I'm like, I have it saved for you. I didn't want you to see it because I wanted it to happen organically on the show, but... He did see it. We're going to have fun with PETA and Major League Baseball coming up. Uh, but, Dave, I liked, your, I liked your tweet last night. Uh, you had, you had Well, all of them, obviously. But you had quote-tweeted something and said, I might be wrong for betting Packers plus seven, but if you're recommending betting the Cardinals tonight at minus six when it was minus three two days ago, you weren't doing this right, in my opinion. And you just said, yeah. word. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't retweet a lot of stuff, but that was like, you know, kind of right up my wheelhouse to where – I'm kind of always having, I would guess you'd call them subtweets. I just like to call them sarcasm uh-huh. when I'm when I'm when I'm picking on other people that would have recommended Arizona minus six. And that's something I would have said. <laughs> Dave, I'm a sarcastic a hole too. I think that's why we get along, my friend. Dave, did I didn't you... say I was. I didn't say I was an a hole. Okay, sorry, 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 sorry. That's just me. I'm just the a hole. We're both sarcastic. That's why we get along. Dave, did you watch the Packer game last night, my friend? No, I was talking to Nelson about that. I said, dude, I, I live in the, in the Eastern time zone. That would have put me at, like, 1 a.m. Yeah, th- now he's in Central. He's in up till 2. Well, that's his problem. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, Dave, when it comes to uh, the NFL, uh, I want to pick your brain on some college stuff because I want to save that for the end here. When it comes to the NFL uh, on Sunday, is there any lines or any games right now that the genius mind of Dave Essler is uh, eyeing up that he could give some nuggets for our listeners here? Um, yeah, there's a few I like, but um, I actually think if I had to pick one, I and I'll probably get shot for this because it's super contrary. And the the Bucks and the Saints under, believe it or not. Hmm. I mean, the, they played three times last year. Obviously, once in the playoffs, and. The Bucks scored 30, 23, and 3. And, I, and, and you know, we know how rather inept the Saints offense is. They, they couldn't score on the worst defense in the NFL Monday night. And so I look at that game. I think even if the Bucks get to 31, which that would be over and above anything they did last year, then to lose that bet, the Saints would have to get in the end zone three times, and that's not going to happen. Look at you. You're like a, you're a mad genius over there, Dave. Hey, speaking um, of the, the Buccaneers, I, I like that, by the way. Way to be a contrarian. Uh, speaking of the Buccaneers, if you were to receive Tom Brady's 600th touchdown uh, pass, the ball, what would you have done? <laughs> I think you know that answer. Uh, well, you did say you were not an a-hole, so you would have gave it back and kissed Tom Brady on the no, cheek no, no, and said no, no. good I would have been, In that situation, I could have been <laughs> qualified as a big a-hole. <laughs> Uh, save, save, I would have I would have held out for a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, the guy got a bitcoin and some other, you know, season tickets and some signed gear. Do you think that suffices for him being a nice guy? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I not. I oh, think no. he caved like I think he caved like MLB will to Peter. No, oh, David, don't put that in the air. Come on, uh, Dave. So uh, you're going under with the Buccaneers. Well, Saints. I mean, we now have the first U.S. passport with. 
the designation access as a third one, not man, not woman, but X. So, yeah. you know, Armbarn is like nothing. I'm waiting for when we can do it to uh, Prince when he turns his name to a symbol. Then I'll get on board. Uh, Dave, when it comes to unders, yeah, Iowa and Wisconsin, it's homecoming, yeah. 11 o'clock kickoff. The over-under is, I'm looking at 36 and a half. Dave, yeah. when you see a number like this and you know the two teams, what what goes to the mind of you know the mad genius that you are? I'm not a genius. I'm mad. Um, <laughs> I would say that I would probably take the under anyway. Oh my god! Yeah, I, mean, I, I got to go. I got to score them like 13 to 10 or something like that. Yeah, I mean, last year it was 28 to seven, which is not uh, 36 and a half. It's 35 <laughs> for those of you that are just waking up. Um, you know, 17 punts and a combined seven for 31 on third downs. I think we're going to see more of that type of game. So I, 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 I still think under. And I think, uh, you know, I, I look at that and, like, last week uh, the Badgers put up a shit ton of points. But, I mean, you guys know this. Mertz only threw the ball eight times. Um, they, they ran for 300 yards. They're not going to do that against Iowa. And, and I think they were only one for 11 on third down. So that's a little bit of a deceiving box score. And um, when, when, when Purdue beat Iowa – Iowa threw the ball for 373 yards, and I think Texas threw four interceptions, and neither one of those things are happening against Wisconsin. So I don't know how you don't take the under. Dave Grammertz, in fact, in that game last week against Purdue, he was 0 for 1 in the second half. <laughs> and, and you guys wonder why I don't watch the Big Ten. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, you're not going to watch this juggernaut of a game, Iowa Wisconsin. You're going to settle for like the SEC. Come on, Esler. Well, if it's a noon game, there's not really too many other good options I might. This is the greatest option you can have on Saturday, Iowa, Wisconsin. What do you mean? Um, aren't yeah, you, aren't I mean, you like, I, don't you like old school, Dave? Don't you, aren't you like a traditionalist? Don't you like it how it used to be? No. No. Oh. Well, then I'll say, then you guess you would love Wisconsin, Iowa. I guess He's not. probably going to be tuning into Florida, Georgia. Dave? Yeah, that game's at like 3.30. I actually might go to that. I don't know. Oh, oh well, it must be nice just to be like, on a whim, just go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a little, nice little I game probably game. won't. I probably won't because I'll have to sacrifice something in my in my household that I probably don't want to. Well, man, I kind of want to have a follow up question. Ask what that is, but I'm going to let the listeners just kind of use their imagination. Right. I don't know. I don't know what it is, or I would tell you. Dave, no. are you all right with calling that uh, Georgia Florida matchup the world's largest cocktail party? I don't know. It's good. It's good advertising, I suppose. Um, what do they call it now? No, I know that some people were upset by that tailgate. name. Oh, yeah, world's largest tailgate. Now. Can't call it a cocktail party anymore. Well, you know, I, I'm I might be old school, but um, I don't I don't I don't relate to some of those things, yeah. if you will. Well, if you are old school, then I don't know why you're not getting down with Wisconsin Iowa. But Dave, when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to more college football, what's another game that you're looking at, my friend? And you're like, yeah, I, I like this. I like this. Well, you know, strangely enough, it's an SEC game. Whoa, shocking. I know it. I know it. <laughs> uh, I like Auburn over Mississippi, and that's a that's a, a, a night game, late game, bailout special when uh, the Badgers game is 38 to 31 and we have to get our money back. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. Auburn, I think they're, they're kind of underrated. I think better to think an old Miss and Lane Kiffin are going to score 50 every week, and They've only put up 31 the last two games, and Auburn averages 433 yards a game on offense, and Auburn's better on third downs. Auburn has a better defense. Auburn has a better pass defense. Auburn's quarterback gets sacked far less than Coral. Um, Auburn knows how to play with Temple. I trust Harton more than I trust Lane Kiffin. Auburn had a bye last week. I mean, I like Auburn. Dave, look at that. Just rattling. Unconscious. I love it. All right, Dave, before I let you go, my friend, did you get a hole in one last week when we talked? And if not, will no. you do it today? Um, well, I would play golf, but I mean, if not, I mean, what would? <laughs> would I just quit playing golf because I didn't get a hole in one? Well, that's what I've done. So I mean, I, I guess the course near Nelly is closing, so I better get out quick. Yeah, you better get out to the country country club. You got to get up here, Esler, real quick. Got to go to Coachman's. We got to get some old fashions in you. Got to watch, uh, you know, the, the college football turn back the hands of time with Wisconsin and Iowa, and just live our best life. Well, we have to come to some sort of agreement. You can only take um, pictures, no videos. I'm, I'm fine with that. I mean, I don't mind getting somewhat humiliated, but not thrown, <laughs> but thrown, under, the, thrown, thrown under the bus is a whole other story. 
All right, Dave, you have my word. I'll only take a couple pictures, okay? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think we I think we have a trust issue here, Evo. Well, Dave, come on. I've never posted any nefarious. Well, I guess Mike Clemens might. Well, I didn't post that, though. Bill Michael sent it to me. All right. Well, I, I, could see, I could see you holding out for a lot because I held out with the Brady ball. Well, I would have held out with the Brady ball, too. I, I got called an a-hole a couple times uh, when we talked about it on, what was that, uh, Tuesday, when we really dove into it. That's fine, though. I've been called a lot worse, Dave, and I'm sure you have as well. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to the PETA segment, so thanks for that. Yeah, that's coming up next, Dave. Uh, Dave, we're going to keep following along. Dave underscore Essler, E-S-S-L-E-R. And if you do get to that uh, that game, I hope you don't have to give up too much for your wife to make it happen, okay? No, it's just my eyes and the co-eds. <laughs> Dave, you're the man. We love you, brother. Hey, you guys have a good weekend. <laughs> you too, too, buddy. There he is, Dave Essler, my man. Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code THEZONE125. You bet? You win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Dan from Half the Battle. Dan, good morning, Dan. UFC 267. Dan, good morning, my friend. How are we doing today? Doing amazing. Did y'all did y'all say something about steak? Yeah, yeah. You want to you want to come up here and uh, have a steak with us? Oh wait, I guess uh, I think the World Series shifts to Atlanta tonight, though. Yeah. See, I thought I thought you were gonna uh, cautiously avoid talking about that, but I'm glad you brought it up off the jump. Well, here's what I was gonna do, Dan. I was gonna make fun of Peta a little bit, and then I was gonna bring up the story about you. Um, you know, I follow you on Twitter, and it's an incredible foul. And uh, Dan, I saw you tweet out before the playoffs had started that you had a bold proclamation that your Atlanta Braves were gonna be, you know, winning the World Series. As a Brewers fan, uh, knowing that we had the Braves coming up, I scoffed. I scoffed at it, Dan. I said, what does this guy know? He knows all, he knows all about UFC, MMA. What does he know about baseball? I, I laughed at you, Dan. And now he who laughs last laughs best as your team is in the World Series. My God. Oh, man. But, I mean, look. First, we haven't won the World Series yet, so my prediction hasn't come true yet. And to your credit, if it makes you feel any better, I predict that the Braves are going to win the World Series every single year. I'm just that biased well, in my home. Dan, when it comes to my Wisconsin sports teams, I do the same thing. I'm like World Series, Super Bowl, college football, you know, championship, uh, everything. So, Dan, man, you don't know how upset I was when I had to message you about that. <laughs> <laughs> how, is Atlanta just vibing, my dude? Oh, my God. Yeah, like never before. I mean, you got to put it into perspective. We haven't been in the World Series since 1999. Half these kids don't even know what it's what it means to be born in the 80s, the 90s, anything like that. These kids were born in in the thousands, man. So it's uh, yeah, it's crazy. Well, Dan, there's a good stat for you when it comes to winning the World Series. Rowdy, you want to tell them what, what the Milwaukee Brewers and the playoffs yeah, and teams so that beat them? The Milwaukee Brewers have only made the playoffs eight times, and five out of the seven so far. Obviously, the Braves were the eighth team they've all made the world series and five out of the seven have won them braves became the eighth team and so well, Dan, they're either going to become the sixth or i guess the third if a team meets the brewers in the playoffs which is few and far between the brewers getting the playoffs and they beat the brewers they have a was it 71 percent chance of winning the world series correct so it's pretty good for you brother okay i'll take it i'll take and it I any kind guys, of good luck we can have i'm gonna roll with it and i think you guys have karma on your side especially for the all-star gate yeah, so there you go. <laughs> All right, Dan. Hey, whatever it takes. UFC 267. This is a hell of a card, dude. This is a this is a good one. Let's start with the lightweight heavyweight championship. Blahovich versus Teixeira. What do we see in this one as Blahovich? Dan, first, if you would have told Big me favorite, that these two guys were going to be fighting when the pandemic first hit in you know early 2020 for a belt at this time, a year and a half later, I would have laughed you off of this interview. <laughs> I, you know, kept I, I mean, for real, right? Because Jan Blahovich has had an insane career turnaround. There was a point when he had lost four out of five fights. He was about to get cut from the UFC. And usually when guys call themselves the 2.0 version of them, I, I think it's a joke. I think, oh, yeah, what kind of doctor have you been seeing? You've been eating yeah, your Flintstone vitamins. But, man, <laughs> this guy truly has turned things around. And the evidence is that he's a defending world champion. And then on the other side, you got Glover Teixeira 
who just turned 42 years old. I mean, I hope I'm half the man he is when I'm 42. It's going to be a hell of a fight, but look, man, a lot of these guys have been hurting Glover Teixeira in their fights. It's just he's got so much willpower. He's able to muscle these guys down to the mat, and then from there, he's a great jujitsu black belt. The only issue here is that Jan Blachowicz is a black belt too. Jan Blachowicz has the skills, the smarts, and the composure of a world champion. So I think when Jan Blachowicz hurts him, he's going to finish the deal. Uh, Dan, who are you taking in this fight? Like, do you got a, do you got a dog in the hunt? You got who, who are you leaning? Oh, Jan Blachowicz via knockout. Oh, just just that easy, right? I mean, it's going to be a fight. Look, if Glover gets on top of anyone, he's obviously got a shot. But I think that when Jan hurts him, he's going to finish the deal. Uh, I love it, dude. Uh, let's go down to the next one I saw. Speaking of your uh, awesome Twitter account at Best Fight Picks, Dan, I saw you tweeting this out. Uh, it was uh, Corey Sanhagen did not flinch at Peter Jan's face-off pump fake. This is going to be a pretty big fight. What do you see happening in this as these two guys, two titans going at it? Yeah, he didn't flinch, but he might have uh, soiled his pants. You know, it's one of those <laughs> things where... Uh, Man, you know how they're calling this an interim title fight? And and for those that don't know the backstory, Piotr Yan was the undisputed champ. He was dominating the number one contender, Aljamain Sterling, and then he landed uh, an unfortunate illegal knee. So he actually lost his belt via disqualification. Now uh, he's fighting for the interim title. I still consider this guy the undisputed champ, and I think that... He's the best bantamweight on planet Earth. And while I think that Corey Sanhagen is a very formidable opponent, he's long, he's rangy, he's crafty, he's going to he's gonna be a champion one day, guys, just not Saturday night. So give me Piotr Yan to come out here and teach the young man a lesson. Yeah. Oh, I 100% agree with you on this one. I mean, Yan should be the champion. Algermain Sterling, yeah, he took a bad knee, but I think we all know that there's been some acting there. And on top of it, I think he's ducking them too. Uh -oh. I mean, uh -oh. all of a sudden pulling out of the fight. I've actually, for a sports figure, I don't think I've lost more respect for someone in such a, a strong, quick turnaround other than maybe LeBron James as I have Aljermaine Sterling. Like, this is some, some soft stuff. Well, I mean, LeBron James has uh, 10 to 100 times the money as Aljermaine, so I respect <laughs> him a lot more. And let me say this, guys. Uh, last week, there was this guy named Alex Caceres who took a similar illegal knee and he kept fighting and then he came back to win the fight. So it just goes to show, I mean, you know, if this guy truly believed in himself as a world champion, um, he could, he could have won that fight, but he didn't want it. He wanted to take the easy way out. I know it, it's easy for me to say that from the couch, right? Cause these guys would whoop me, but I'm not the fighter. I'm just talking about for UFC standards. I do not consider Aljamain Sterling a champion. I consider Piotr Yan to be the champ until he gets truly defeated. Uh, Dan from Half the Battle joining us right now. Check him out, his podcast, Half the Battle HQ, and also Twitter, Best Fight Picks for Dan. So, Dan, when I'm, I'm looking here, this – what are you doing for the fight, by the way, before I pick your brain on what you really like here? What are you doing for the fight? Is this – this is uh, rare for the UFC. It's what not – it's a non-pay-per-view event for a numbered event, which is rare. What are you doing for the fight, dude? I mean, the other thing that's rare for the fight is, is that it's early on. It's at like 10.30 a.m. Eastern time. Man. So, I mean, I'm going to be just waking up, getting ready to go to jujitsu, catch a couple of the fights, and then from 12 to 1, uh, or actually 11 to 12, I'll be at uh, jujitsu, and then I'm going to come back and watch the rest of the and fight. And there's so, no Bruce Buffer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Buffer got COVID, but I heard he's recovering. That's good. Um, what are you doing for the World Series um, tonight? Ooh, that's a good question. Because I if you're gonna I'm... get up, if you're gonna get up early tomorrow, you better be a good boy tonight. <laughs> hey, you know one thing about me is I'm able to handle it day by day. So even if I go out and stay out late tonight, I'm still gonna have the discipline to wake up early and go to jujitsu. But I'm thinking tonight, a little mini golf, maybe have a have a lady with me. You oh. know what I'm saying, gentlemen? Watch it on the big screen. Uh, I'm excited. What is this? Uh, what number date is this? Can I ask? Well, it just depends what day of the week it is, you know. Oh, I mean, you got to roll your Rolodex is in full full swing. Well, here. I mean, going back to Bruce Buffer <laughs> Dan, real quick, you're the man. The first numbered UFC event he's missed in 25 years, dating back to 1996. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Hey, but guess what? You know, obviously you never want to see him out of there, and we all wish him a speedy recovery. But this gives Joe Martinez, who has an excellent voice, a chance to showcase himself, man. I mean, now we get to see some of the other talent. The guy who's replacing him, is uh, he's very, very good. So I'm excited for you guys to be exposed to him. Look at, look at that, Dan. The glass half full. I love it. Um, when it comes to UFC 267 coming up here on Saturday, an early affair, what's one fight that you're really looking at? You're like, I, I like this one. I can make some money off of it. Or it's just very intriguing. 
All right, I'll give you an underdog and a favorite. Love so it. an underdog I like is this kid named Ricardo Ramos. Um, now, listen, guys, it, it, it's, it's a coin toss. So, you, But you're getting plus 150 for a coin toss. So the thing with Ricardo Ramos is he's one of these kids that he's young, he's talented, he's skilled across the board, he's long, he's funky, and he shows flashes of brilliance. He's been in the UFC for a while, too, so he's been paying his dues. It's just sometimes he doesn't show up. But if he shows up Saturday night, he's going to cash that plus 150 ticket. So I'm going to roll the dice on him. And then another spot I like is there's this guy named Elizu Zaleski. He's been in the UFC a long time. He knows what it means to have a seven-fight win streak in the UFC. He knows what it means to be in there with the top 15 guys. He's welcoming a newcomer. And you don't have to pay too big of a price. Look, the newcomer's tough, but I truly believe in paying your dues. And to fight Zaleski in your debut, that that that's a tall order. So give me Zaleski there. Uh, Dan, I love it, man. If people want to consume everything you have, um, how can they do so? Because it's some really damn good stuff. How can they get a hold of everything you've got going? Well, firstly, gentlemen, it's always a pleasure to be on here with you guys. So I, I really appreciate it, and thank you guys so much. And if you guys want to check me out, my podcast is called Half the Battle, and it's available everywhere podcasts are found. I love it, man. They still flashing your tweets up and whatnot on the UFC big events. I still, I still see them at the crying up there of your uh, at best fight picks up there, Dan. They still got you featured in there. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think they've kind of slowed down altogether on that. I, I think that they're not showing as many tweets as they normally do, but. Yeah, I mean, they, they've been showing my tweets. Uh, sometimes I haven't been tweeting as much, but when I do and I put up a good one, I always try to pay attention to see if they put it up there. Well, it sounds like, you know, with the, the mini golf coming up and the Rolodex of ladies, you know, you're flipping through. It sounds like you don't have as much time <laughs> to be on the Twitter sphere. Hey, Dan, what's what's you thinking uh, for the World Series? I know you called it for the Atlanta Braves. By the way, Nelly and I over here are both on the Braves train. What and how many games are they winning? Are they going to go seven? they going to do it in six? Like, what, five? What, what does Dan think? I mean, look, if it were up to me, we just sweep them here in Atlanta. The next three games are here at home, so I'd love to just get it over with. But knowing uh, the Astros, I mean, look, these guys are a tough ball club, man. These guys come to play. These guys come to fight. So I expect it to be a battle to the end. So I'm saying Braves and six. Well, Braves and six. And if that does happen, Dan, or just in general, they win the World Series, what are you going to do? you going to go streaking down the streets of the ATL? Uh, to put it shortly, yes. <laughs> with one of your ladies? <laughs> that, that that's a good question. Is it, <laughs> I like to keep them to myself though, so you know. Maybe, yeah, I'll, maybe, yeah. maybe we'll, you, we'll see what happens. You guys just go streaking in your uh, in your apartment or house. All right, how's that sound? There we go. Uh, there we go. I like that. Dan, we love you. Thanks for the time. Always love our time with you. UFC 267 going to be a blast. Have fun at the you know watching the World Series. Have fun at Jujitsu. Have fun consuming, and we'll uh, look for your tweets on the broadcast, and then get you back on for 268. All right, gentlemen. Always a pleasure. Thank you guys so much. My man. See you, Dan. There he is, Dan. Follow him on Twitter at Best Fight Picks, Half the Battle, HQ. Good stuff. I love me some Dan Rowdy. That's 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 good stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's some big-time fights on here. Obviously, we talked about Blahovich. We talked about Teixeira. That's a title fight. Jan and Sanhagen, I mean, that in theory should be a title fight. And uh, even some of the lower ones below that, Volkov, Tibera, that's going to be a good one. Uh, Hooker, Makalev, that's going to be a good one. I the, mean, The hardest thing about this is learning all the names. Well, it's... It's because they have you have Dan a lot rattles of, uh, them off like unconsciously. You have a lot of foreign fighters, and that's what's really cool about the fight game is you have people from all over. Yeah, it's a lot of different flavor from all over the world, which with is really different cool. skill sets and, and different types of uh, fighting styles. Everything is great. Thank you, Robert Plant, and we welcome in Rob Reichel, a special edition on a Friday. Robbie, good morning, buddy. You probably haven't slept at all, have you, pal? I had a hard time sleeping last night, Rob. Full disclosure, I was yeah, I was vibing. I, 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 I believe it. I had a hard time sleeping because I had to work all night, and, <laughs> and, and, and you had a hard time sleeping just because you were on you were on cloud nine and, and, and probably drinking until you went into well, the studio, right? Well, actually, Rob, I have not had a drop of alcohol this week. I've been the past couple of weekends. I've been really getting after it, so I've been like cleansing through the week, and then I just you know repeat on the weekends. Didn't have anything to drink last night, Robbie, and I was working to a degree. I was running through in my mind of all the things I wanted to talk about. So I mean, I was kind of working. Oh, that, 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 that's that's absolutely working. There you go. There you go. My, my, my guess is as good as you've been this week, though, 
The Badger Saturday will change it tomorrow. So. <laughs> yeah, you might be right. Hey, Rob. And, 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 and good for you. More power to you, Evo. <laughs> I love you, Ravi. Ravi. All right. Yesterday we had a spirited conversation about the Green Bay Packers. And, you know, I said I felt it in my plums that they were going to get this win. So let me just read this. The Packers without 11 starters last night. Wide receiver one, wide receiver two, wide receiver three, tight end one, cornerback one, cornerback two, linebacker one, linebacker two, and three offensive linemen. They beat the undefeated Arizona Cardinals on a short week on the road in AZ. What did this win mean for the season for the Green Bay Packers? Yeah, a ton. I mean, it really did. Evil, like we talked about yesterday, I mean, it's only week eight, right? We're only at the midseason point. But there are five teams in the conference that have separated themselves. And, and the NFC is clearly stronger than the AFC. So that battle, you know, for playoff positioning is, is, is enormous between Green Bay, Dallas, uh, Tampa, the Rams, and obviously Arizona now. And, and Green Bay, I mean, we've got a ton of time to go. But as, as we sit here Friday morning, Evil, Green Bay is actually in the number one spot now in, in the NFC at 7-1, and one, tied with Arizona, and they've got the head-to-head tiebreaker there now i will still tell you i i i i I, hey arizona's a really good team i had my doubts i had my doubts a little bit are are they a pretender or not we're going to find that out over the next couple months the gold standard remains tampa bay evil i mean i I, i'd be surprised if they lose they even lose three games you know 15 they they might go 15 and 2 it might take green bay to go 15 and 2 to have that number one seed when this is all said and done because i think at the end of the day you don't want to have to have a playoff game in Tampa Bay, but but what this did, Evo, you know, this, this puts them in really good shape to be one of the top two seeds for sure. Like we talked about yesterday, you really don't want to be in that three or four hole because you not not only do you have a wild card game, but then you're going on the road twice. Yeah. You know, if, if if you are a two, you're gonna you're gonna get a home game there in that second round when one plays four and two plays three, three theoretically. So I mean, just from from playoff positioning, Evo, that th- this was enormous from confidence. I'm sure. This was enormous. Like like you outlined there, all the guys they were missing. The fact they could go and beat an outstanding team on the road um, without so many key components. How many of those they eventually get back? I guess we'll we'll, we'll find out yeah. through the course of the season. But but Evo, they're proving right now, even shorthanded. They are, without a doubt, one of the three or four best teams in football. It's crazy, isn't it, man? All the injuries, and they have more, obviously, last night during the game. But, Rob, something that stood out to me is the past two years under the floor in the close games or in games against you know big-time opponents, he'd get his ass handed to him, or they'd somehow find a way to lose. Was it me, or was it actually – did I witness, was I dreaming this, the Packers being more physical and out, you know, kind of just manning – not Peyton or Eli, but out manning the Arizona Cardinals? You know what, Evo, but, but I would say that, is, that has been a pretty consistent and constant theme with, with this team through the course of the season is, is they have been far more physical, certainly on that, that defensive side of things. I, I thought they were extremely physical you know, in week three when they went out and won in San Francisco. They carried that over against what's normally a, 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 an extremely physical team in Pittsburgh, you know, and, and I thought they kind of took the fight to the Steelers in, in week four. They did the Cincinnati. I mean, this, this defense top to bottom, Ebo, you know, has been flying around making a ton of plays. And, and you even think at the end there, Ebo, when, you know, on, on the Douglas interception, which, I mean, let's be honest, that, that that's an all-time all-fame Packer play right there. Incredible. I mean, well, they'll be talking about Rasul Douglas 25 years from now. Um, and, and the play he made last night, a huge, huge kudos to him for, for what he did there. But you think about the scheme and the design of that play, Evo, and they came with a jail, you know, they came with a full, full out blitz. I mean, they, they brought everybody and left their corners in single coverage. Now, typically in the past, that wasn't going to happen, but they've been so aggressive on that side of the ball this year, Evo. I mean, with the game on the line, they said, you know, Jerry Gray said, screw it, we're bringing everybody. And and they, and they came after Murray, and he had to throw a ball. And obviously, you know, Green wasn't ready for it. There was some miscommunication there, and Douglas made the play of the year so far for Green Bay. But just just even that mindset, Evo, that they weren't going to sit back. Let's say in zone, you know, drop eight and cut, you know, rush three and let Murray pick them apart or run for a touchdown. Um, just that Green Bay, and that even in that moment, Evo takes the fight to Arizona 
is kind of a, a, a reversal of, of what they've done in those situations in the past. The only thing that, you know, we'll do a little negative right here now um, because then we'll end up with the positives. But the only negative thing when I, you know, out, you know, being more physical or, you know, just, you know, getting up there and just giving it to them, what the hell was with the red zone offense? What was going? What the hell, dude? Like, what was Matt Lafleur? Did he did he leave his cojones, like in Wisconsin? Like, what happened on some of those red zone lack of drives? Well, two things, Evo, and I and I encourage people to read my you know good, bad, and ugly column at Forbes because because I take him to task for that. Certainly, there. That again, that has been a problem in the Lafleur era. You you even remember back to his rookie season, Evo of, of twenty nineteen. They lose that game 34-27 to the Eagles, and, and they've got a first and goal at the one late in that game with a chance to go tie it and, and force overtime. And he throws it four times from the goal line, and they're all incomplete. Um, how much of that is Lafleur? How much of that is Rodgers? We're never going to know. Even even on that final play, that four, you know when, when Green Bay's up 24-21, Evo, they're, they're trying to go in and, and ice the game with just a couple minutes left. And and Rogers, you know, throws incomplete, and that's that pass knockdown. Mm-hmm. You know, Rogers admitted afterwards they wanted to run the ball there, but he, he came and he saw a loaded box with with seven or even eight, and he, and he didn't want to run into that. And he changed the play to a pass in that moment, Evo. Well, give me a break. The running backs have been running people over through the course of the night, right? Two thirds of their yards came after contact. Nobody can tackle AJ Dillon one on one, even two on one at times. Aaron Jones has fought his way you know, to the goal line for a touchdown earlier. He's running people over. I mean, both of those guys have ridiculous lower body strength, people. So, yeah. yes, I, I mean, I'm with you a thousand percent. You get down there inside the five, you get down there at the one-yard line, you hammer the hell out of the ball. You don't, you don't screw around with, you know, trying to get Cobb isolated here, right, or, or run a little pick play to get a tight end free there or something like that. You just bang away with those two running backs because those two are as good of a duo evil as anybody has in football. And then the other thing I would bang them on from last night, again, clock management, timeouts, how do they get oh. to a point with six minutes left in the football game, Evo, that they're out of timeouts? And, you know, and, and the Gora doesn't know where to line up and they get the, you know, the uh, delay a game penalty. It, you know, it, it's certainly that there was, there was there, you know, there was, there was the problem with, with young guys not, you know, being sure where to be. But it's also the quarterback playing games at the line of scrimmage, and, and he wants to take it to the last possible second to see what they're going to do. And so he's up there playing games with hard counts and, and things to that effect. <laughs> I saw your tweet about where, that. I, was, I chuckled. I saw some people giving you know, me some just, hate. Just, just, just snap the damn ball and play football, <laughs> right? I mean, because, because then what happens? You eventually run out of timeouts, and you get a delay a game penalty when you're at the one-yard line, and you get kicked back to the six and you don't score the ball there in the most critical drive of the game. So, you know, you know, if, if, if I'm LaFleur or Hackett, I'm, I, I'm up his tail big time about getting things moving a little bit quicker there because that, that's been a constant theme under the Rodgers era, you know, for years. And, and again, Rodgers was really good last night with, you know, with, with playing shorthanded and not having most of his weapons, Evo, but, but he's got to be smarter in moments like that. When you're in year 17, you can't be burning all your timeouts midway by, you know, by the time you hit the midpoint of the, of the fourth quarter. You know, the, 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 this happens every Sunday. I mean, Packer Nation has seen this now for 14 years, 15 years, however long he's been the starter there. That, you know, that, that's something they, they do need to fix. But, but overall, last night, Evo, I know we're banging on a couple negatives here. There, there are far more positives. Well, we got positives coming up. We got positives coming up. I, 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 I am I am stunned, Evo, that you know that they are sitting here seven and one this morning. So I do have a question, real quick, Rob, and I know this has been brought up for Aaron Rodgers with both of his head coaches in the NFL now. But just in theory, if you were the Green Bay Packers head coach, do you think that Rob Reichel and Aaron Rodgers could coexist? Oh God, no! Not the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> now. Now it you know, but but again, I I'm a little more old school, black and white. Draw the line here, and that that's just like you wouldn't go on a trip to Hawaii with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I I, you know, but I would have never been offered that job either, though, (laughs) Nelly. Regardless of my resume in the first place, it takes a unique, special individual, somebody who can really massage a situation, probably give up way more control than they normally would under under most circumstances. I mean it. You you are talking about a guy, you know, now in, in year seventeen, he's gonna turn thirty eight here in about a month, guys. 
You know, so so he is smart. He's got. You going to send him a card? Smart, remar- remarkable, <laughs> remarkable knowledge base, <laughs> and you know, so you 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 really got to massage that ego. You know, almost daily, and and that's just that that's just not how I would roll. I know it was really tough for McCarthy to make those adjustments through the years. I think the fact Lafleur was a first time head coach, guys, and he was just giddy to get the job, and he, and he's younger, and he kind of came in um, almost under a circumstance where I, I'm sure he said, you know what, whatever I have to do to make this thing work with Aaron, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Um, you know, played into the fact that they've been successful together, but I can guarantee you guys too. After year one, Lafleur had a lot of input in that in that Jordan Love pick, and, and even you know even as it, it's clear now, Matt Lafleur can work with anybody. He's 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 got a personality that that fits with a lot of different people, I think, and and kudos to him for that. But but you could see you know even after year one, some of the changes and some of the stuff that Rodgers does through the course of a season can grind on a head coach, and and I can guarantee you. That that Matt Lafleur had a ton of input in in that Jordan Love pick, and we'll see where. So, I mean, I, I still think Love is their guy next year, and it and, and it's, Lafleur's probably going to love it when he sends in a play and it doesn't get changed constantly. <laughs> um, and and then he'll be excited well, to see his offense kind of operate the way in you know in theory on paper that it's drawn up to work. But uh, right now, it, he's certainly making it work with with this quarterback. And yeah. I, again, guys, I, I I think it's you know after after week one, I think we're all a little a little surprised they're sitting here seven and one. Uh, Rob Reichel joining us right now, Robbie. Uh, one last big question, but two things real quick. Our guy Andrew Wagner is listening and said, "Good morning, Robbie. You are the man. Love your take on the Packers." So Andrew says hello. And then <laughs> um, let's see here. Matt Lafleur now is thirty three and seven. That is the most wins by any coach. <laughs> Through the first forty games in NFL history, that is wild. Uh, but let me ask you this, because you said you know Aaron Rodgers, and you know obviously he didn't get along with a certain individual named Brian Gutekunst. I have to ask you this question: you know you got um, Whitney Merciless, Rasul Douglas. Now you have Jalen Smith. You got Devondre Campbell. You have these moves that are very not Ted Thompson like. That you know Gutekunst comes from the Ted Thompson tree, obviously to a degree, uh, he was under his tutelage. But, Rob, do you think – now, some of these moves were necessary, but like the Randall Cobb one, probably not. If R- Rodgers doesn't say anything, Randall Cobb's not here and he's probably not scoring two touchdowns last night. But, Rob, do you think that this relationship between Gutekunst and Rodgers seemingly has gotten better? And if Rodgers doesn't do what he did in the offseason, is Brian Gutekunst even making some of these moves? Evo, I think the one thing that continues to get overlooked by most of the mainstream media and, and then the fan base in general is, is Brian Gutekunst was already making these moves before he this season began and he went to the street and brought in some of those guys you have already mentioned there. The fact he kicked so many contracts, you know, kicked the can on these contracts down the road and he pushed all this money into the future was a way of telling Aaron Rodgers they were committed to him and they were all in for 2021. You think of those contracts they redid, guys. You know, Bakhtiari had signed a contract last December, and they redid his already in February or March, right? They, they, they redid Billy Turner. They redid Zadarius, Preston, um, Aaron Jones they got on the cheap. They redid Adrian Amos, Mason Crosby. The fact they took all those guys and, and kicked that money into the future was already a sign from Gutekunst saying, you know what, we're committed to you, we're making it work for 2020, 2021, rather than having to cut two or three of these guys, which is what Ted Thompson would have done, Evo. Mm-hmm. If Ted Thompson would not have pushed all that money into the future. I mean, the problem now, though, is you look at their salary cap next year, guys, and I want to say the league is anticipating a cap of about 208. I mean, they're like 40 million over already. You know, so, so I, none of us know exactly inside that building how that relationship is, is playing out. Is it better? Is it worse? My point here is Gutekunst was already doing the things to make that quarterback happy, um, you know, back in, in February and March, and that didn't make him happy. He still wanted out. Um, so, the, so the fact that he signed, you know, a guy like Jalen Smith, who's inactive last night, and, and let's be honest, he might be cut here now very shortly. That, that was a pretty telling sign last night. The fact he signs with, you know, Whitney Merciless, the fact he trades for Cobb, I'm not sure any of that's going to make this quarterback happy. Um, seven and one, I'm not sure that's enough to make this quarterback happy. Well, the, the season has to play out, but the bottom line remains, guys, they are an absolute salary cap hell 
when we get to the new league year in March. And and other than cutting Aaron Rodgers or moving on from Aaron Rodgers, trading him, whatever it turns out to be, and, and I certainly, I guess, assume it's a trade, I just don't know how they make the dollars and cents work. I, I know these cap guys are paid a ton of money to, to try to make this work, but if, but if the average fan goes and breaks down exactly where the Packers lie salary cap-wise when this season ends, I'm telling you guys, they are in absolute hell. And, and probably the most clear path and maybe the only path out of that hell is, is to move on from Aaron Rodgers. Man. All right, Rob. So I guess you're not going to be sending him that uh, birthday card on December, what is that, 2nd? Um, well, I've, <laughs> I, I've never made it a point, Evo, of sending any athlete a, a birthday yeah, that, card. Okay, touche, touche. I'm just laying out touché. the Bring, Bringing the guy back. That's a good point. Touche, 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 yeah. Robbie. Hey, Robbie, thanks for a special edition. We love you, man. And we love the fact that, uh, well, have you slept? Like, when did you get to bed? You probably should go take a nap or something, dude. Yeah, I should probably do that here shortly. All right, go sleep. That'd, go, be, we, that'd we, be a good call, buddy. You, you've been yeah. a soldier. We appreciate your time, Robbie. We love you. Have hey, a good you, weekend, you man. Guys, you guys enjoy your Badger Saturday. It should be a fun one. I'll have a couple beers for you, okay? I, I appreciate and that. And I'll have Thank a couple you. more to watch uh, probably uh, like a 10-point uh, game total. Yeah, that 9-6 that thriller is going to be fun. <laughs> Robbie, you're the man, Robbie. Have a good one. You, you, you guys have a great day. <laughs> there he is, Rob Reichel.